Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets on the 29th of March. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm Kyle Rudd. It's great to have your company. And uh, well, uh, thanks to a softer CPI figure, it seems that we finished higher again today, at least when I last checked. No, we are slightly higher still. So don't don't doubt yourself, Kyle. Just up by about a quarter of 1%, 7,051 right now. Uh, We're even seeing a little bit of life in the Emerging Companies Index just, but I like putting that out there. Uh, It has been a day, though, really, that has been dictated by this local inflation read. So it's one of our key three themes. We've got inflation. We've got the ASX looking to continue its push higher as we get the final match out coming through for the S&P ASX 200. And I think it's worthwhile mentioning commodities because we've got energy Mm. going really strong today again. We've got the miners going really strong today again. And so, you know, when you have that coming together, even a bit of a bummer from UBS on the banks wasn't enough to derail, I guess, the sentiment out there. But what do you think, Kyle? Do we have an RBA? pausing next month? Well, they've got all the justification that they need now. Soft retail sales figures, not terrible, but softening. Uh, we've also got that sort of jobs data, which is suggesting maybe employment is slowing down. Employment growth is slowing down. Tight labor market still, but employment growth is slowing down. And I suppose this number gives them all the evidence that they need to, well, sell, I guess, that uh, notion that they can pause for a little while and sit things out and wait for, for the data to come through. So markets were already there. It'll be interesting to see the commentary from economists now, because that was still fairly split last few weeks. Well, I do know that Capital Economics says we're now in for a pause. I know the city has pulled back and I guess dropped, dumped, if you want to use those words. It's uh, it's call for an interest rate hike coming through. So yeah, I've been keeping a pretty close eye on my email box to see any sort of re, you know, re-analysis, rejigging that's coming through from some of these forecasts in the wake of that inflation read. So there's a difference between what you think that they will do and what you think that mm. they should do, right? I mean, do you think that it would be wise for the RBA to sit back, wait, take the lay of the land, see what all the lagging impacts of monetary policy will be on the economy? I'm a simple man and you know that, but I've always thought that if there is a six in front of the headline inflation figure, that probably justifies a little further tightening. But of course, you know, the sales job has been done over the last couple of weeks from the RBA. We had Christopher Kent, we've spoken about it a few times, coming out and talking about the long and variable lags of monetary policy at the best of times. But we've also got high savings buffers and uh, along with that, this mortgage cliff that we're still talking about. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. There's a lot of work of that rate hikes can still do in the economy. So I suppose you couldn't fault them necessarily for sitting things out for at least a month. It's funny because when people speak to me, they always say, well, Bank of Canada, like I've got some insight into the Bank (laughs) of Canada. But yes, the Bank of Canada did pause to see how these interest rate uh, hikes are taking hold. But I will say there's more evidence of a slowing in the economy in Canada than there is so far Mm. here in Australia. But of course, 
you never know what's coming. All right, let's get to some of these sectors. It's in keeping with some of our key themes. We saw the miners doing really well today, BHP, Rio Tinto. Fortescue, look at that. So we're watching iron ore prices continuing to remain very strong. Energy as well was, well, one sector that sold down quite considerably around these issues in global banking. But since that has been all but resolved, we'll say, at least for now, a bit of a bounce back in underlying energy commodity prices. And that's flowing through to some of our majors. We've got Woodside Energy pushing back towards 34 bucks per share, up 3% today. So here's the details on that UBS read on the banks today. So it says that recent events in the banking sector across Europe and the US really is just lowering market confidence in the portfolio. It says that they will continue to experience higher funding costs, rising bad debts, tightening banking regulations, all of that's negative. So it slashed its FY24 and 25 earnings per share estimates by around 6.8%, price targets down close to 20%. Basically, it also says that there's going to still be increased competition in the banking space, um, that they will really begin to compete more aggressively for some of those higher uh, deposits. So look, maybe, maybe a bit of a plus for some consumers, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, weight on the banking space. We'll be speaking with our feature guest about the banks a little bit later on. Um, but Kyle, we should mention Reliance Worldwide. It was one of the best performers today. Yes, yeah, And was I learned fun. why from our colleague, Danielle Kuyay, and had an investor day, released a few oh, new God. products. I thought I wouldn't dump you in that one. Say, yes, Reliance Worldwide. Intelli yeah. uh, HR was also, you know, I just find this is interesting because it's more M&A news. You know, it hit a 17th month high. It uh, decided to back the Access Group's buyout offer. So it gave the flick to Human Force Holdings, says that it was just inferior to that proposal. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose this is what happens in uh, slowing market environments. You do get a bit of consolidation. So M&A activity there. Uh, ALS rises on completion of divestment with SRG Global as well. Uh, $80 million there upgraded its FY23 underlying net profit after tax. Its forecast range is now between 312 and 322 million. It was previously guiding between 300 and 320. So I, you know I love silver linings, but I don't want to paint it as it was all good news. Megaport, yeah, that got absolutely hammered today. So there's obviously been a lot of management changes. Vincent English, longtime CEO, resigned. But then we had yesterday an announcement that um, yeah, it had replaced the CEO and the CFO. But some of its major shareholders, JP Morgan Chase and Firetrail Investments, we speak with them regularly. Mm. They've been cutting their stake in Megaport. So that's got people a little bit scared. Um, so yeah, we were talking about M&A. Yeah. Still can't get past M&A in the lithium space. Um, that makes me think of Pilbara today. So RBC Capital Markets initiated coverage on Pilbara. It did really Ooh. well. It also got a, an extension for Pilingura. But good old Lion Town, good old Lion Town was the stock of the day on the call today. Let's listen into what Kashi's guests had to say. What we're saying now is hold. We're still a hold here. The candles are still fine. There's nothing in there to say that, you know, I mean, if you want to take a little bit of profit off the table, you could uh, to, to, you know, pay back some of your original investment and then see how it go on the rest. But no, I, I still think it's worth a hold based upon what I'm seeing in the charts. I think Albemarle is a, is a logical acquirer of uh, of Kathleen Valley, which is obviously Liontown's main mine of lithium. It's just south of Perth here, so they'll be looking to plug Kathleen Valley, which is uh, just north of Kalgoorlie off the top of my head, into the production chain, which ends with uh, processing down in Kwanana. And uh, it's the processing, I think, which is the, the key to the whole picture. In the short term, and we've yeah. seen these big volatile cycles 
with the lithium really over the last five years. I don't think the short-term <clears throat> supply and demand dynamics of the lithium market have really changed that much. We're not going to get too carried away just because a random takeover offer has been lobbed. Okay, well, let's get a bit of a chat about the day that was. Mark Arden from Macro Capital joins us now. Mark, uh, great to see you there. Um, really want to talk straight away with the banks. Um, I know there's a couple of stocks that you've got your eye on at the moment in terms of the financial sector. Before we do, I guess just the, 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 the note that we got from UBS today, I'm not sure if you read it, but the es essence of it is, is that the bank instability we've seen across the globe, it's not necessarily <laughs> going to affect too much what we're seeing here as far as bank stability. But it's a hit to confidence. It shows that maybe credit demand and credit growth is going to be weaker going forward. I mean, does this sort of feed into your general view of the financial sector at the moment, especially at this stage in the cycle? Absolutely, yeah. Look, I, I've been, you know, I, and I, I think a lot of the analysts, if you go back, um, downgrades happened quite a few, you know, quite a few months ago, yeah. uh, even leading into the... Um, <sighs> The earnings reports. So, uh, look, before uh, CBA released its report uh, back in February, I mean, the consensus price target was in the low 90s then. So, then it came out obviously worse, and obviously we were trading at about $109, $110 then. So, I think, you know, if you go back and I've gone back and back tested, and those big four banks really only do well when credit's expanding. We know that credit's not going to be expanding. So, I don't think UBS is necessarily bringing anything, you know, radical to the table here. Um, in fact, I think they're probably pretty late to the party, their analysts, to be honest. Um, and, and you've, you know, you've seen pretty heavy sell offs overall um, in the last, you know, obviously, in the last month. Um, I think the I think the mortgage banks, uh, the big four, are probably going to have um, a little bit more pain to come. I think the they would have been breathing a sigh of relief today with that CPI number. So I think that does give the RBA um, a, not a reason to pause, but space to pause um, and see how things play out. So, you know, that heightens our chances of, you know, softening some, you know, any sort of uh, landing for the economy. So I think that that's a pretty good thing. But, you know, there's obviously, um, I sent through to you guys, the, you know, there's two banks in particular, Macquarie and Judo, that have been hit. You know, I think Macquarie is about 12% in the uh, in the last month. And then we've got, obviously, Judo's been hit well, 21 or 22%. Um, both of those, Macquarie's already flagged in their quarterly update that they're going to have, you know, it's likely they'll have another record profit. Um, and Judo as well, actually, you know, quadrupled their profit. Um, they're only small, they've only been around since late uh, 2021. Um, but as you can see there, the tier one capital ratios are actually considerably better than the rest of um, the banking sector, uh, the, the big four there. Um, and, they've, and they've been hit the hardest, realistically. Uh, Judo's NIM is higher, uh, small and medium enterprise, but um, their non-performing loans are actually the lowest in the market. So at this stage, I mean, Macquarie's about mid-pack. Um, and I, look, I, I would think that, um, you know, the, um, you know, they've got very good stats there. However, because I guess they're the new kid on the block, they've been, you know, they've been hit the hardest. But when in fact, if you dig down into the numbers, they're actually far better capitalised realistically than the bigger four. They've got a banking licence, so they have access to the RBA, the same as the rest of them. So, um, so what are you saying? You're buying Macquarie and Judah? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's what people want to know. What you're buying? Yeah, no, we've been buying. We've been buying these over the last couple of days. Um, 
not look Judo not in massive size. Um, it's obviously only a bill market cap compared to the rest of them. Um, but Macquarie makes a core position. Um, we're just adding. We you know we're adding to that as well. Um, and we're, we're, we'll probably just wait and see with the big four um, for now. Um, just what well, you know, whilst this you know, this mortgage cliff is uh, is still going on, and while we're still hiking rates, etc., we'll probably just wait and see um, because I think uh, you know there could be some more bumps in the road for those guys. Sorry, Mark. The banks don't seem that exciting. Is that uh, is that just a sign of the times? Yeah, I think so. They're not. I mean, obviously, you've got you know massive moves in lithium yesterday. Yeah. That's much more exciting. Um, but I, which I you know I think just brought things back to sort of at least fair value. Those guys were getting you know three of the top uh, six short stocks on the exchange were lithium stocks. So there's obviously some sort of play going on there. Um, yeah, look, I, I think you know obviously banks have been in the news, but we've got to we've got to look through the fact that you know we've got very high capitalised banks, um, very high um, you know tier one capital ratios, and you know big sell offs like twelve percent from Macquarie, um, who will be reporting soon, and Judo obviously twenty one percent after an outstanding uh, result. We saw it go up to a dollar sixty, has since dropped nearly you know fifty cents. So um, mm-hmm. it's a decent buying opportunities for now. You probably wouldn't go you know you're not going all in just yet. Um, just in case something else comes along um, comes along over the next few weeks, but uh, overall, I think those two, Credit Suisse and uh, SVB, were was a lot of it's to do with poor They're management. Gonna, yeah. They might end up being the poster children. We don't know of this latest well, banking crisis. Sh- well, pretty cri- short. Crisis is uh, probably I've not. I've been a, asking yeah. about that. You know, do are we calling it a crisis? Are we I calling it an just, incident? A yeah, situation? Incident's probably a better word for it. Um, it probably doesn't make as nice a hashtag though for Twitter or I a headline. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, my SEO articles didn't do well with little incidents in the I had to call crisis. <laughs> but, uh, I just wanted to ask one question because I always feel in these situations, like especially as a younger investor as well, you try and find these kind of you know heuristics or ways to make decisions. Of Sorry to interrupt. I feel like he just called us both old, but anyways, continue mm. on. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'm uh, I'm still early in my investment uh, in j- journey. But you sort of think about the next time we're in this sort of stage in the cycle, which might be sort of three or four years fr- fr- from now, but. The term structure of interest rates, everyone was sort of saying, okay, interest rates are going up, so the bank profits must uh, benefit from this. But we saw short-term rates much higher than long-term rates. We know that the, the way that the banks make their profits. Do we have to keep that in mind the next time we get into that position, that that's th- not a good environment for the banks? I, th- I think you have to be wary of common truths from analysts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there is, you know, yes, uh, it does improve the net interest margin, um, but not while the yield curve's inverted. So, you know, you've got, I mean, and I know that's probably for someone starting their journey investing, that's probably a little bit complicated, but it's one of those common truths that gets, you know, it just gets repeated and repeated and repeated. And if you actually look into it, you know, the same, like, like I said, I've been avoiding judo, for instance, until I spent quite a bit of time looking into it and realizing how, you know, how actually capitalized it is. Um, And Macquarie, I was quite surprised by those numbers. And, um, so yeah, you just yeah, you, there's little lessons you'll pick up along the way that you know where those common truths will lead you astray. Um, the best uh, advice I can give is probably you know have a look into it yourself. Don't just trust you know analysts get it wrong too. Um, but it's your money, so at the end of the day, you're still responsible to um, you know to fact check a little bit. So Mark, would you be putting your money into new money, I should say, into iron ore? I mean, it appears to be going quite well. We've got Dalian iron ore. You know, continuing to climb, Chinese demand really the backdrop to that, even though we've got still talk about recession and US recession and how that would impact. I, I'd be scaling in. Um, I'd probably be preferring mineral resources at the moment. Um, I, I, 
I would like to wait and see the, the fallout um, of, you know, of these higher interest rates. Uh, the Chinese recovery has been massively slower. I mean, what we're talking about this for six months now and the figures really haven't stacked up to there being any sort of major recovery. So look, I'm a little bit wait and see still. Um, and you know, these, I think prices are reflecting that. I mean, this or about October last year, we had um, BHP down at $37. So we're still significantly higher than there. Um, and you know, we will have the US come into recession at some stage. So. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'd be—I wouldn't be fully allocated, but I would certainly be nibbling at the moment. I'd be scaling in maybe a quarter of what you want to buy in total, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, as you see the figures come out and the condition—if the conditions improve or we get a soft landing—obviously you start you're speeding up that process to get back in. Just wanted very quickly, just a question on that iron ore play, just because prices are so much lower than they were from when they were at their record highs. I mean, is this just a very big bet when it comes to BHP on an uncertain outlook for China, and in particular what its policymakers do with its growth story? Because it's you know we're fifty percent off that two hundred and twenty dollars highs, but BHP share price isn't that far away from its record high. That's why I'm cautious because yeah. I, I think if if I think iron ore price is the tent pole um, for all of these all of these big miners at the moment, and if it fails, there is there is some serious downside. Mm. However, if it if it continues to rally, or if it or if it, even if it just grinds higher, I think those prices will hang in there. So, until I see a clearer picture, um, I'm not really willing to commit, you know, to full allocation. So we would normally have, you know, ten to twelve percent BHP, for instance, is one of our you know core holdings. Um, we you know some we've sort of sold out recently. We we really only back into small amounts now, and that's um, and for me for my clients specifically, um, I'm still I'm still in the wait and see camp. Mark, really appreciate your time, Mark Gardner there from Macro Capital. Cheers. See you, Mark. Thank you. Let's just get you across what's what we're expecting overnight in terms of economic data, at least from the overseas markets. And yeah, look no further than the UK. We do get data on the housing market there. That's in the form of mortgage lending. The downtrend is expected to still persist. There's a very broad-based housing correction going on in the UK, as you know. And we also get a bit of data on the housing front from the US as well, pending home sales. Again, expecting a bit of a a pause or a bit of a pullback in February, but there are sort of those thinking that perhaps the market in the US in particular has passed its low point. We also get to hear from the Federal Reserve Bank Governor Michael Barr. Now, it follows testimony to Senate earlier this week with an appearance before the House Financial Services panel. So look, nothing to really shoot the lights out, but in the wake of our inflation read here locally, Kyle, the big one that we're still waiting for, and it's a big one, is the PCE deflator in the United States. That comes through, I think it's tomorrow night, yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, I suppose that uh, whole notion of a pause for the Fed is on the table there as well. That markets are kind of split around 50-50, at least when I last checked this morning, uh, on whether it goes again next month. Uh, Pushing back on cuts, as we know last week, but uh, that kind of question of a pause is as relevant for the Fed as it will be for the RBA when it meets Tuesday afternoon next week. Okay, tomorrow, look, nothing here big locally, but we do get a couple of data points in New Zealand, as you can well see there. But we love stocks, don't we, Carl? And we haven't really gone through those market leaders and laggards in a lot of detail. So why don't we do that now? And look Hmm. at this. Still seeing gold miners resonate there. A gold road, Evolution Mining, DeGray Mining, Perseus Mining, and Helios. But I've got sort of 
others on my list that we should talk about as well. Brevera Solutions, interestingly, is up by 9%. It recently you know, had to undertake a rescue raise. So interesting to see that. I can't see any news associated with Brevera. ALS, we mentioned it earlier. ALQ is the ticker code up by 5.8% after upgrading its guidance going forward. Reliance Worldwide, not only did it have its investor day, but we had Macquarie weighing in on it. It says that it looks attractive despite some of those macro headwinds and lifted its price target 4.8% to $4.40 per share. So those are some of the other big uh, performers. But yes, it was a strong day when it comes to the miners and the gold miners as well here locally. Yeah, Deterra royalties as well at the top of the charts. They're up 5.5%. Couldn't find on any particular news. I'll uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, but in terms of some of those other names, we did speak before. Reliance Worldwide, uh, ALS Limited, some of those names as being at the top of the list. Laggards, though, we mentioned Megaport. So we did have some appointments made in terms of managing yesterday but today what's really draining is just the recognition that it's seeing outflows and it doesn't matter if you're a suppose a fund manager or if some of your biggest shareholders is selling it can be a flag a red flag for others look core lithium giving back five percent but I don't think we should take too much away from it because it was one of those lithium names that gained exponentially uh, in the wake of all of the goings on around Lions Town Resources, which we, you know, not not yet resolved. Obviously, it knocked back Albemarle. Uh, we did hear that City is reckoning it could get an improved offer, really is needed to get it back to the table, but also that there could be some competing offers. So that's still very much a story that we're keeping our eyes on here. Without a doubt. It's actually one of those days you can say profit-taking, and it's a true answer to one of those questions, what's going on in the market. That's definitely the case when it comes to those lithium names. An extraordinary rally yesterday, quite now. Actually, some people taking risk off the table there. I just wanted to also point out Whitehaven Coal, as we looked at before, down 3.7%. And uh, highlight a conversation I actually had with Robert Gregory from Glenmore Asset Management today, obviously uh, on the buy side there, talking about how he likes New Hope Hope in particular, uh, but also that he remains really bullish on the coal space. So if you are interested in coal, maybe go back and uh, have a listen to that too. So, all right, let's just quickly look at some of these small to mid-cap companies that did rate today. And you can see a pretty motley crew there, but really big gains, as you often see in that smaller end of the market. Flipping the page, though, and some of the big laggards in that smaller deal. Gervois Global, I hadn't really heard of it before today, down by 42%. I think that it did have to... I can't remember the detail, but it had to do something in relation to one of its projects, which I know is not very helpful to shareholders there, but you do want to look it up if you've got it in your portfolio. Okay, so Kyle, uh, look, it was a day really dominated by that inflation read here locally. And uh, the conversation continues to really center on the outlook for interest rates. Like if I had a dollar for every time I've said that over the past, what? Six months, 10 months? Well, yeah. 12 months it's, now, I think. It's, the, it's the a hiking long time. cycle started in, in, in May, so it's been a whole year of this. And uh, well, finally, it may come to something of an end uh, next week. But look, uh, obviously, we'll cover that off when it gets there. Yeah, um, look, I forgot to mention that in your show notes or on the website, you can check out some of our good interviews from today. Justin Tyler from Daintree Capital on really what's up and what's good in fixed income. I think it's called a compelling case for fixed income. And I had a chat with Ron Shamgar from Tamim Asset Management about three small caps that he thinks has some pretty strong tailwinds behind it. So you can catch up with everything you may have missed today, either online, via the newsletter, via this podcast, via the show notes. I mean, really, why would you go anywhere else? I wouldn't. ASX 200 finishes 0.23% higher for the day. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great night.
The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.